Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. Welcome in on a Monday after the NFL draft and Ole Miss, for whatever it's worth to you, Fourth in the SEC in draft picks behind Georgia, LSU, Alabama. And this is going to blow your mind. Alabama. Alabama had one more draft pick that Ole Miss this year in the NFL draft. How about that for your stat of the day? I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you guys are with me. That's what we're talking about. And this edition of the podcast is the NFL draft and Ole Miss in the NFL draft. Obviously, the story was Matt Corral's fall. We'll talk about that. Look at the other guys, and I uh, actually am going to play for you some of my own thoughts. So you're going to hear from me from a different time. Uh, yesterday on, on my live stream, I was asked about Ian Rappaport's reporting uh, right after Matt Corral got drafted, and I took exception to it. A lot of people did. Um, there was one thing that he did that I thought was really, really, really wrong. And I talked about that for a few minutes. I will, I'll put that clip in here as well, and I'll tell you when it's coming and all that. You'll hear the audio will be slightly different, although none of the audio on this is particularly good because of how I'm recording it, but I, I appreciate none of you guys complaining about that. Anyway, long story short, I took exception to the way it was reported because, in fact, it was pretty callous. And uh, Anyway, you'll hear my thoughts on that later, but... This is the Rebel Report again. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already, if you're listening in browser. Uh, I know some of you do that. The analytics say there are a good bit of you that actually do that. Wherever you get your podcast, your podcast app, which is already on your phone, if you're an iPhone user or Spotify or Google Play or whatever, subscribe to this podcast so you don't have to wait until you see it on Twitter or Facebook in order to listen. It'll just send you a notification on your phone. Hey, new episode is ready. Also, follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, all three of them. Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. It's a terrible name, I know, but it's mine, and you can find me on social media, B-O-R-K-E-Y. Michael Borky on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Follow, subscribe, all that good stuff there. And the podcast is brought to you by LBs, just across from Kroger on University Avenue, right there in Oxford. It's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. I hope you stopped by LBs ahead of what was a beautiful excuse me, a beautiful weekend to get behind the grill. I hope you did that, and I hope you got that started at LB's again right there in Oxford, across from Kroger on University, the best place in this state to get your meat. I know the baseball didn't go well at all over the weekend, but the grilling should have gone great if you got it started there. They the best selection, great sides, daily lunch specials Monday through Friday, good advice as well. If you're not quite sure what you want to cook or how you can cook it, they'll help you out there. And they're big supporters of Ole Miss sports, especially Ole Miss baseball. That's LB's just across from Kroger and University. And also Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website. If you are anywhere inside of the state of Mississippi and you're in the market for office technology, mail machines, copiers and printers, phone systems, cloud storage, data security, if it's technology, if it exists in your office and you are in Mississippi, ABSMS.com is the website. Tell them I sent you. You get a complimentary office technology assessment, so you tell them what you need and what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you. absms.com. 
All right. The story of the weekend, obviously, is Matt Corral and where he was selected in the draft. I did not expect him to fall all the way to number 94 in the draft in the third round. Did not expect that at all. A lot of people did not expect that. But I think you saw a trend. Here's my hypothesis. And we'll get to some of the stuff that's out there in a second. But my hypothesis is because if you're going to attribute things, reasons for Corral's fall, then explain the rest of them. Because Kenny Pickett, obviously the first quarterback taken at 20, that's pretty late in the first round for a quarterback to go. The next quarterback taken was in the third round, and that was Desmond Ritter. Malik Willis, who was being mocked as a top 10 pick late in the third round. Sam Howell being mocked as a late fringe first round pick, second round pick, was a day three guy. Matt Corral obviously fell to number 94. So if you're going to have all this stuff about how or why he fell, then explain the rest of them. I think there's a little truth to everything that there are questions about off the field stuff with Matt Corral and his past and and things like that. But all of these guys have flaws. Malik Willis is flawed. The best teams he played he didn't perform against. Desmond Ritter is flawed. I've seen some people suggest that he may developmentally have reached a ceiling. Matt Corral's flawed. They, they say he's a little undersized, uh, plays uh, the type of game that they're not sure his body will hold up over a 17-game schedule in the NFL paired with some past off-the-field stuff. All these guys fell, every single one of them. My theory is this year, and maybe it's just a one-off, maybe it's one year only, that NFL teams got smart. Because you've seen in the past worse prospects than Matt Corral, worse college players, worse prospects than Matt Corral get taken in the first round when everybody knew it was a stretch. And while they have better size than him, if you will, but Mitch Trubisky, everybody knew when that pick was made, they should have, I did, and and I get stuff wrong all the time, but I knew that Mitch Trubisky was a stretch, a big-time stretch to take him in the first round, and yet there he goes. Daniel Jones, same thing. Major stretch, flawed quarterback, not ready. And yet, he was taken early in the first round. I can't help but wonder if teams realized we don't have to stretch on flawed quarterbacks. Because I think Matt Corral is a guy that you can win games with in the NFL. I think he'll be a great NFL quarterback if in the right circumstance and and things like that. Circumstances dictate success. Look at Matt Stafford. He was in Detroit, didn't win a damn thing, goes to L.A., wins the Super Bowl. So I do think that there is an element of the teams getting smart, realizing that I don't have to stretch on this guy that I like. I think we can win games with him, but he's got – a floor that we're not in love with, and this other player in a position of need's got a much higher floor, so let's draft him in the first round and hope one of these guys is available later, and it happened. The the Carolina Panthers got to have their cake and eat it too. They got a a quarterback that they're going to get ready to play soon. Uh, I I mean, they'll start Darnold and all that, but I think Corral's going to have a chance to get starts this season if he acclimates well. They didn't have to stretch in the first round to get him. They got to have their cake and eat it too. And so did everybody else. Uh, Ritter and Howell and Willis, all these guys that would have been stretched first-round picks all fell in these teams 
benefited from that. I can't help but wonder if you're going to see that trend moving forward. If teams got smart on flawed quarterback prospects because they have stretched on flawed quarterback prospects and they have failed far too often in the NFL. So maybe that's as simple as what's going on here. But in terms of Matt Corral, first of all, I'm happy for him. Uh, Whoever told him that he should go to Vegas is kind of a jerk, but um, having to sit there for a couple of days and wait till the end of the third round when people were telling you to be in that green room, green room for the first round, probably a tough couple of days for him. And uh, Carolina's an interesting spot for him. I think, you know, we've we've talked about on the radio show the Panthers being a destination in the past for him, um, although we thought they were looking at him <laughs> at number six. Um you know, Matt Rule is is definitely on some kind of a hot seat there. Uh, I do think that the roster offense is pretty talented, one that you can win some games with, I think, with decent quarterback play. Um, I, I think a silver lining for Matt falling the, the way he did is there's going to be less pressure to rush him into starts. Uh, the organization won't feel pressure to rush him into starts because he's not a first-round pick, which may help him acclimate and and develop. Um, But it's a chance for him to play because in terms of raw talent, he's got more than Sam Darnold. It's a chance for him to play even as early as his rookie year, and, and we'll see what happens there. I think that he can, in the right place, have a really long NFL career. Um. And because of the fall, it's caused a lot of people to, to to talk, you know. And I hate engaging in stuff like that because the the reality is some of the stuff that that people have have spread over the weekend, um, you know, may or may not be true. Honestly, I don't know. I don't think it matters. But um, some of it is just completely impractical. Like like it doesn't if what people have been saying is actually true. He wouldn't have been picked at all, let alone in the third round. Um, Matt rule was asked about Ian Rappaport's um, reporting and said that we are aware of some things and we're comfortable with who he is and all that. The truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. There were some things that led to his fall that weren't just football related. And those things Again, I could be wrong. I'm just trying to apply logic to a situation. Those things are not near as extreme as some people are spreading around. Either way, um, it's just not something I'm going to engage in further than this. I can't even believe I I said it at all because uh, unless proven otherwise, um, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some kind of high school girl and sit on a podcast and gossip about the quarterback who saved Ole Miss football from the dead um, and has dramatically changed himself. People brought up past things with him. I mean, his high school fight with Wayne Gretzky's kid is still being held against him to this day. He changed a lot in his time at Ole Miss, and you hope he continues on that good path and becomes the NFL quarterback I think he can be. But – I don't know why he fell when when people use that stuff to explain why he fell will then explain all the other ones. They they all did. It's not just one guy, it's every guy. Uh, even you can apply that that same line of thinking to Kenny Pickett. So uh, 
either way, I hate that I spent this much time on it anyway. You you just you hope that all this stuff can can go away now and he can just focus on football and play because now he is in the NFL. He will have a jersey. He will make the team. It's up to him to seize that opportunity and make something out of it because all this other stuff, gone. It doesn't matter. He's on a team now. And I'll be I'll be rooting for him, uh, even though he plays the Saints twice a year. I, I hope he's able to take advantage of the opportunity. And I expect him to do that. I do. So, other guys that were taken. Uh, really good day for Ole Miss defensively. I mean, if you told me that a Lane Kiffin coached Ole Miss team would have more defensive players taken than offensive players, I would not have believed you. And, and yet, here we are. So, we'll start with Sam Williams going to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, really good spot for him to go, I think. Uh Sam's another guy that's, I mean, if you read about his past and what he's been through, um, you can't help but be happy for the guy, uh, considering his upbringing and, and what he had to deal with, again, as as a teenager and now was able to get into the SEC and play great football and, and is now a second-round pick. That's uh, He's got a pretty remarkable journey, and uh, his – Production is better than the pick, even in the second round. I think the Cowboys, it's hard to call a guy a steal at that point of the draft, but I think the Cowboys have an absolute steal with Sam Williams. I mean, the guy was incredibly productive, improved in the run game as well, uh, physical, fast, and they'll ask him just to rush the passer in Dallas, apparently. That's what somebody that covers the Cowboys says, is he'll be a pass rusher. That is what he'll do, and uh, that's what he's great at. And so that was a good spot for Sam Williams to go, no doubt. Uh, you also had um, Snoop Connor, who I think you're going to look up in, in a long time. You're going to look up and see Snoop Connor still in the NFL playing running back. He's the kind of guy that I think will have a long NFL career. He's off to Jacksonville. Uh, you also have Chance Campbell, who is headed to uh, Tennessee to play for the Titans. Uh, yeah, I had some people say to me that, oh, he should have come back. He could have improved his stock. When you're in college as long as – and on top of that, you can't really play much better than he did. Uh, the the come back and improve your draft stock concept is not always rooted in reality. He can't play much better, and he's currently healthy, and he's on a team, and I, I expect he'll make the team. So that's a late-round selection for Tennessee for a guy that I think can be productive in the NFL. Mark Robinson, awesome story. For sure, he got uh, picked up by the Steelers. The Steelers had some high praise for him in their post-draft press conference. Uh, I mean, running back at Presbyterian to running back at SEMO to walk on at Ole Miss to NFL draft pick. Pretty cool story. And Dean Leonard, who tested really, really well uh, at Pro Day and things like that, was picked up late, late, late by uh, the Chargers. And Dean Leonard is now... Uh, going to the Chargers. You also had some guys get picked up to to do undrafted free agents. Uh, the, the story, well, I say the story. One of the stories of the draft was Jerry and Ely not getting selected by uh, by anybody. Uh, he's off to Kansas City, and you can't help but wonder if bad advice was given. You can't help but wonder if bad advice was given. But either way. 
Six draftees in total for Ole Miss. Uh, those were them and their landing spots. Now, and, and I know those were quick thoughts. Again, this is supposed to be kind of a quick quick podcast, so others will go deeper, I'm sure. We'll go much deeper on the radio show this afternoon, but those are the six guys and where they went. This is something, though, a little bit deeper, I think. These are my thoughts that I gave on the live stream last night uh, about the reporting right after Corral was drafted by Ian Rappaport and, and what he said. If you guys haven't seen it, he was listing off the red flags that may have contributed to Matt Corral falling in the draft, and he used Matt Corral talking about depression and having it and trying to battle it as one of his red flags. Uh, so I'll play you my thoughts right now, and that will end the podcast. So thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and all that good stuff, and I will see you guys on Wednesday. But for now, here was me last night talking about why that reporting was was wrong in, in that spot, in any spot, why that rhetoric and that reporting was just simply Dead wrong. So here that is right now, and I'll see you guys on Wednesday. That reporting in that moment actually really bothered me. And it didn't bother me because it was Matt Corral. It bothered me because that kind of stuff really uh, impacts me. Um, it, it really impacts me. Uh, there is nothing wrong with a reporter mentioning his openness about having depression. I mean, he's the one that informed everybody about it months and months and months ago uh, to Dennis Dodd when, when he did that one-on-one -on -one interview with, with, with Corral, and that's when that came about. It was um, part of a, a really long feature on him that, that Dennis Dodd did where he said, you know, before he went home, he was on his couch just crying and he couldn't figure out why. Um that's fine talking about that as a reporter, mentioning that, hey, you know, this, this guy's been through a lot. This is part of his story. Instead, um, what Ian Rappaport did was used it to, or, or in the same category as red flags, used it as a negative knock against him. And maybe you agree with that. Maybe you think that that's fine. I, I think that is totally out of bounds. Um, there are perfectly legitimate things, criticisms of Matt Corral. I mean, you can bring up past maturity issues. We, it's not just innuendo and conversation and rumor. You've seen him. It, it's been a while now, but you've seen him on a college football field wearing an Ole Miss jersey involved in a fight on the field. You, you've seen that happen. Uh, you can also talk about decision-making in the multi-turnover games. Uh, you can talk about all kinds of red flags with him, but lumping in him being open about depression with alcohol and stuff like that, as somebody who was greatly impacted by that, um, I'll, I'll choose to leave it there. Um, when you say that somebody speaking openly about depression is a problem, is a red flag, is a bad thing, 
you are de-incentivizing people talking about it. And what they will do, trust me, what they will do is keep it inside. They won't tell anybody about it. They won't be open about it. And that's dangerous. That's what the problem is with that specific thing that he mentioned. Everything else is fair. It's fair game. There's a reason he fell. Part of it is due to weight. Part of it is due to he, he does not interview well in private. Did not interview well. Part of it is past stuff that he's done that, that make you question his maturity. Those are all fair and legitimate and, and are part of the conversation. But lumping in, he has expressed his past battles with depression and that is in the same category as all the other negatives that will cause people to keep it inside. And when people keep stuff like that inside, it boils over to da- and dangerous things happen. They abuse substances themselves. It, it gets really ugly and dangerous. Of the many things that you can criticize him for, that is something that he should be praised for to me as somebody that had to learn how to be happy again. So, um, I think it was way out of line, and uh, if you know somebody that has been through something like that, you probably agree. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.